0: Hello. So, welcome to the first episode of um, Be Open and Authentic with Rohit. Uh, so, today we have uh, one of my colleagues, uh, one of my closest friends, and who you know, um, who share a lot of you know similar values and similar interest. So, there is a reason that uh, you know we have him on the show, and you will get to it, get to know the show, get to know more you know as we move uh, for further in the show, right? And before before you know we get into the discussion, I just want to uh, reiterate the purpose or motivation of doing this, because uh, you know uh, just you know for the reason that you know I want to remind you know constantly remind myself of why I'm doing this, and also want to make sure the guest is okay with that too, right? So we are not here to you know create a viral content or uh, you know you know find a way to create content that. You know we can monetize right not here for the click obviously but the goal is you know to create a content to add that can add value to the listeners while we enjoy the conversation see so both are not meeting the purpose so if, that, it's, if that's not a good combination so there is no point in for either for me or the guests you know or or for anyone um either doing the show or viewing the show so let's see let's see how that goes and uh, one thing is that you know we are okay with zero views right? And uh, Meethi is okay too, so that's one thing that I made sure because I don't want him to be disappointed. Uh, while uh, in after a while, because because that that that's the reality. This, this is the first episode, um, but I'm sure uh, we we can uh, have a lot more um, solid content. Right. So, just uh, Mith, Um welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for you know uh, supporting me and and being here. Uh, Without without any you know hesitation, right? Oh no, <laughs> so definitely.
1: You. Um, I'm really glad that you started this channel, and I feel like we didn't have a conversation for such a long time, and this is actually a good way to open up and have a deep conversation on any topics that come our mind, right?
0: Exactly, right? You know, yeah. That, that's 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 one that's one point, and it's also good good way to catch up. And even most of the times our conversations are super long and also right. intense, right? It's, we always that's talk right. about something that's actually useful to many people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even, you know, we are not shy away sharing some of the personal stuff, you know, it's okay, right? right? Uh, you know, just just chill and, yeah. and enjoy the conversation. Cool. That's true. Cool. Yep. Cool. Uh, so so how is, how is life treating you, by the way?
1: Oh, pretty good, I would say. And at the same time. Hectic with the work stuff and hectic with the life stuff, I would say as well, but overall sure. life is enjoyable. How about yours? Yeah, it's
0: going, uh, just, uh, you know, just experimenting, you know, as a as, a follow- as I have always been doing, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, was doing some startup, you know, mentoring stuff and yeah, it, it's and just started with this uh, podcast, which I'm really excited about. Um, and yeah, it's, I can't complain. Um, Are you yeah, still focusing
1: are you still focusing on your startup on the side as well? Or are you not
0: mine, but I'm just trying to help others at this point because mine okay. it's, it's going to be a lot more intense. So I just want to take some time after the marriage before I, you know, uh, before, you know, I just don't want okay. to,
1: you know, uh, have, have my, I, I just
0: don't want my wife to have a tough times since we just got married.
1: So congratulations. And thank you. How is... And congrats right. to you too. Right. You, uh,
0: you got engaged. I was oh, super, yeah. uh, super excited to see that. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So how is my life treating you? I know we have talked about it offline, but I want to talk yeah, about it so, about as well. You know,
0: I'm going to say the same thing. You know it's, it's a really interesting mm-hmm. and, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, but there is just so much to learn dude, because you know when, I, when we are bachelors, right, at least for the most part, you know, I, know I, I wasn't, you know, dating anyone or mm-hmm. I was just focusing on something or the other all the time. And yeah. then whenever the weekend or the, whenever the work is over, whenever the weekend comes, I just either be lazy or go play something and mm-hmm. do nothing else with life, right? But here, you have to be constantly active and uh, and just just uh, yeah, be active throughout the day and the, throughout the weekend as well, because just so that no one gets bored, and and we're always doing something, um, particularly for the fact that Varunah is still you know in US for the first time. So, you know, she will have a lot more, you know, interest to explore. While I've been here a long time or in a way, uh, eight years, I guess. So so just are trying you... to balance that interest and all the stuff. So,
1: so are you seeing the, the way she sees the United States as you saw it? Because you came here and you did your masters here first and then actually started working. So, you know, we both have a different perspective compared to someone who directly came here for work. So what yeah. do you think about that?
0: No, it's it's a lot different, right? Because we, you know, um, and particularly, you know, since we are a little more career-oriented, you know, we had a lot of things to figure out when we come to U.S., right? right. The accommodation or, you know, finances, mm-hmm. you know, which is the biggest part of it. Right. And, and just navigate, trying to get in touch with people, you know, trying to find a relationship and get, get good with grades and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And over the time, it gets into the routine and you, ha- you know, we just get accustomed to it um, and then we'll be, lot, I think a lot more lazier whenever we get a free time because we have been constantly hustling right from the go mm-hmm. with this, uh, and I think it's, it's different for, you know, whoever is coming on, you know, H4AD or, you know, is uh, mm-hmm. a dependent. Right. Mm-hmm. So they'll have a whole new different perspective, you know, they want to explore us uh, right. and, you know, uh, and they want to, you know, uh, try a lot more places uh, which we might have tried already. Mm-hmm. Or if not, you know, we have opinions that hey, I don't want to go there to that place for for what and so so for whatever the reason. You know, we cannot hey. just say those out, because they want to explore. So, I just constantly remind myself that hey, don't get my biased or you know opinionated mind get into the way, because that's also create conflicts, and and that's not the way I should I should treat her either. So I was like, okay, I'm just constantly hey. reminding.
1: So, what is that one or two frustrating things that you have done repeatedly often, but Bhavna has not, and that's why she's trying to do that? Is there one or two things that comes to your mind?
0: Yeah, particularly, I think I think her perspective to, towards life is a lot more different than mine, right? In the sense that she lives in present, and she always wants to you know do things together a lot more often than what I what I have been <laughs> used to. <laughs>
1: What, come on, man, you're married now. So you are I supposed know, right? to... I know that, that's the thing, man, right?
0: because you'll be like, okay, end of the, end of the work day, if you, you don't feel like going out, but that's then when the real personal life starts. Mm. So sometimes I try to say, hey, I know I won't, just want to stay home and, you know, but that's not what I should be doing because I should just go out and have, have a fun time. But that's not always the case because when you are working and mm. when you have so many, you know, uh, extracurricular activities, like, you know, like this podcast, right? It's not easy. You have to find a way True. to manage. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, get, getting there, um, nice. see. cool, cool. So <clears throat> yeah, no, I just want to learn more, um, about, you know, humor, you know, I want to talk about the topics that we never discussed so far, uh, which is, which is another reason that I know I'm excited for this episode. Mm-hmm. And, but before I, you know, before I go further, I, I just want to, you know, uh, give you a chance to introduce yourself to the oh, people, sure. you know, based on whatever the information that you want to give. So. Cool. Cool.
1: Yep. So hello everyone. So my name is Misha and currently I'm working for NVIDIA for the past seven to eight months. I'm working as a senior software engineer in the, I would say autonomous vehicles group of NVIDIA, which is a fairly new group, I would say. And before that I was working at Microsoft. And then before that I was working with Rohit at Capital One. We were in the same team and... I, before that I did my master's in machine learning and signal processing, which was a different field than computer science or software engineering as per se. And yeah, the transition was difficult when we can, yeah, obviously sure. we can, we'll go deeper into that as well. And before that I did my bachelor's in electrical engineering from IIT in back in India. So nice. I have basically jumped all over the places I still haven't fixed on what, what really <laughs> thing I want to do, yeah, but sure. I'll, I'm getting there.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. So at least are you said that, okay, SD uh, software development is for me, or I still, you know, have that in back of mind that, Hey, do, should I try something else?
1: But that's a really good question. So I, I would say Depends on what I like at that particular moment. You know, there are certain phases where you feel like, okay, this particular two, three months, I really enjoy coding or really like designing. I want to focus on that. Obviously not all work will allow you to do that. Certain times based on the work requirements, they'll ask you to have different things or do different things, but so far I cannot complain. So yeah, I do really enjoy software engineering for now, but what to say means if something's changed after two, three years, I might as well move to, let's say, product management or more on the med- yep. just engineering management side. But currently, I want to just learn and dive deeper into software engineering. Nice. That, that's good. Yeah, I think I
0: have the similar sort of uh, perspective,
1: mm-hmm. too, because, you know, uh,
0: we, I struggled, you know, I hustled my way to become a software developer, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, uh, but yeah, still, still have in back of my mind that, Hey, this is, is this something that I want to do for long? I mean, I am enjoying it, uh, truly, mm-hmm. but I think at some point, I think I'll, I'll have to make a call. We'll see. We'll see when the time comes. Gotcha. We'll, we'll talk more about it. But before that, you know, I, I want to, you know, ask you this, right. Uh, so how, how is the, how was your IAT experience? You know, because, you know, we as Indians, right. We are always vaccinated mm-hmm. with the P with IATMs and getting into iit right. And people mm-hmm. work so hard to get there. And I don't think I can ever get it Even if I get another chance, uh, with, with so think, much experience. So I think
1: lending in IIT, it's more about chance and anything. And plus with the recent changes, I took IIT back in 2011. So that's more than a decade ago. Whereas yeah. now in the recent years, things have changed. They have made two level examinations and stuff like that. And. During our time, it was definitely a luck-based system. Like, yeah, you you can work really hard, but also at the same time, the thousands and millions of people also working, not at the maybe not at the same level, even higher level than you. And still, just because on that particular exam day, they might get sick or they are not in the mood or their head is not in the right place and they might flunk it, right? So I would say don't beat yourself sure. up if you're not getting into <laughs> it or not. It's just a luck-based system. No, but so I think, I, yeah, I, think I think
0: you're 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 too humble to say this, right? I uh, you know, uh, because the fraction of people who are you know not get, making it to exam or for whatever the reason they're having a bad year, I think it's still relatively so much lower than who hustle, you know, who want to get into IIT, you know, who have been trying for like two to three years, and some people take this long term course where they spend another one to two years just to get into IIT.
1: Yeah, so I think, a... I think it's still
0: it's still challenging. Uh, and not everyone has the same resources or, or, or the, you know, support system.
1: That's Uh, true with the recent rise of coaching classes everywhere without that, I don't think so now you can crack IIT. Like previously, you know, there were schools were really good that most of the Coaching, I would say IIT level coaching would happen in schools itself, and professors and teachers were really good in teaching those subjects. But nowadays, because of coaching classes, nobody wants to teach in school and they would rather have their own coaching classes. And if a student wants to go into IIT, he or she almost always have to go to coaching classes. There sure. now there's no exception nowadays. So Exactly. You know, I think even, a, even...
0: Uh, even at this point, that is true to a certain extent. But yeah, I think that the remote or the online coaching definitely changed the game. Uh, the mm-hmm, value, mm-hmm. you know, I, I cannot at this point say that hey, I don't have enough resources to get into IIT. That uh, is true. If, I, if I'm back in the school, right? because I have all the opportunities yep. and so much yep. content is available online. Um, that is true. Yeah, that's good. So,
1: so what what are your uh, big, three biggest takeaways that you can say right. from IITs? Uh, yeah, let me. That's a really good question. So. I would say, first and foremost, which even many other colleges, even NITs give that, and other colleges also do, is there are people you meet people of different cultures and different backgrounds. It it can be different culture background, different financial background, and you'll meet all of them and you learn more about them. And mm-hmm. You learn more about how to talk to them, how to approach them, and you'll come out of your shell. That that I I feel like that is the biggest advantage of going into any of these schools. That even it doesn't mean necessarily you have to be an IIT or an IT. but if you go into any kind of particular college which offers that, where the where the students are coming from all over the country, then it definitely opens you up, and you are definitely more exposed to all the different cultures. So that is very good. Nice. Then. One more thing I would say uh, on the same line is all of them are really smart people. Like where they, all of them are very very enthusiastic about what they want to do and what they want to achieve in life. So you learn more about where even your direction will lead to, you know, sometimes you are not sure. Yeah. Many people in India, that is very common that you will just say, parents will just say that, you know, what, just do engineering. And after that, you can think about it. So once you go into this kind of college, That will give you a perspective. Oh, this guy is doing this thing. Maybe that might be something I want to do in the future. uh, It it basically opens lots of doors in your mind to approach. So that is one big takeaway. Then other takeaway, obviously, because of the label itself, it opens lots of doors. As long as you are staying in India. Yeah, in the US, nobody cares. Nobody gives uh, anything about IIT or anything at all. But as long as you're in India then it opens lot of business doors and also opens sort of social circle doors i would say for if sure. you want to go into a particular social circle then yeah name dropping definitely helps sometimes i know right yeah
0: so i would yeah, say that, that is that's uh, that's true yeah. actually that's so true because for example you know if i'm meeting an it guy i actually have a higher respect unconsciously mm-hmm. it's not that i want to give him a higher respect but for the, for whatever the thing that he has achieved, right. I still have a high respect because that is one thing that I, you know, really admire about getting into IIT. And, and I think I, I really, you know, I think one of the most important thing is getting the network, right. Getting into the network and learning more from them and, you know, having a broader and deeper perspective than what others uh, would normally have, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think that is a really um, valuable, um, and, and uh, just so that I don't feel bad, right? So <laughs> what is that something that I didn't miss not getting into IIT? <laughs> oh,
1: so, okay. One thing that definitely all the engineering colleges are same is learning, actually learning the topic you'll have to do on your own. There is, even though there might be the professors might be certain, you would have, you already, everyone would have experienced this that just because a person is smart, doesn't make, make him a good teacher just because you are super knowledgeable in a particular subject doesn't make you an expert in teaching that subject. So that's the same thing in IIT. Like, yeah, all the professors are extremely smart. If you go with a problem, they will be able to solve it. But at the same time, explaining the solution might be difficult. So sure. I would say learnings, It's you have to do it on your own, whether you're in IIT, whether you're in any college. At the end, you have to pick up the textbook and you have to start reading on your own. You have to go to browser internet and then you have to look at the solution. All of those things are unchanged anywhere in all the colleges in India.
0: Yeah, I, I can uh, I plus uh, no I totally get it right. That's what that's what happened in my case as well because at least the in most of the colleges I think not just in the college that I went to. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the faculty is not you know up to the standards because we we struggle uh, a lot to get into some good colleges. But whenever we get there, right? I don't think the faculties is not equally, you know, smart or at the same time, I can't explain it. Not everyone can teach the subject as they want to teach as well. Right, right. right. So I think after first year, you know, first semester, I was like, okay, this is not going to work out, I guess. So I just want, I'm just on my own. So I <laughs> I bail attended classes and I was like, okay, whenever the exam comes in, I just, you know, spend right. some time to, you know, just skim through the, Yep. you know I, you know the syllabus and you know somehow somehow made it um but yeah so definitely learning is something that we have to do on our own and actually i can see in fact how that can help us in the long run right because even at this stage we have to constantly find a way to educate ourselves right, right? because of the career transitions or hmm. uh, because the work nature at this you know earlier you know if it is if if you know java that's all you need to code on but at this point you know the stack is so much diverse
1: Right.
0: expectation in the job is so much diverse and also deeper. So right. we have to constantly find a way to educate ourselves. Um, so I think that whatever we went mm-hmm. through, be it IIT or, you know, be it other, other college, any in, 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 in engineering college, right? So mm-hmm. I think that has been he- helping so many Indians
1: to right. thrive,
0: right? That is another sure. the reason, like, you know, every Indian can have a, you know, good, most likely will have a good, you know, IT career, Compared
1: to some other, other careers, right? Yeah, for sure. Basically, if you compare like the U S education system here, almost everything is spoon fed to you. And so you don't have to, yeah, you do have to think about topics and stuff, but you don't have to solve solve the problem. You're not on your own at the end of the day. You are not on your own. You have help available. Whereas back in India, like, yeah, it's like you are on your own. You have to do it (laughs) somehow. You do yeah. it, you figure it out, everything. So exactly. I, I agree totally with your point that, yeah, that's how, that's why Indians are thriving in the IT field. It's because we have learned to solve the problem on our own. True. And that's why if given any problem, even outside of the, outside of India and when you any other field of problem, we know that we'll figure out some way to solve it by our, whether we have help or not.
0: Exactly. So I totally right? Agree yeah. with your point, yeah exactly you know which is which also means that you know you don't always have to be smart right uh, i mean obviously you know being smart really helps but as long as you can figure out a problem you know given mm-hmm. to you no matter what you do so mm-hmm. that is the biggest you know skill set that you, we need to thrive in this you no know, career or sure. tech career yep. at least right yep nice So I also want to ask you this, right? Because, you know, which is something similar that I went to, I went through because I was an electronics and communication engineer back in India. And just so that I don't want to get into IT, you know, I I did my master's in industrial systems engineering so that I can get into my, you know, interesting or things like that, right? Uh, And then somehow eventually, because of the nature of the jobs, or somehow we eventually, you know, ended up being a software developer. So how was the transition for you? Because for me, it oh, has, I had to go yeah. through a lot. Um, and particularly in your case, right? You spent, you know, you took the machine learning course. You did the master's in machine learning. Right. Particularly when it is in the peak boom, right? And then
1: uh, and then uh, you yeah. spent a lot
0: on the education too, right? Uh, and sure, then why perfect. did you make the shift
1: of being an ML engineer to SMB? yeah? So let me go back to my bachelor days. So... Bachelor's, obviously, just like you, I did my bachelor's in electrical engineering, but after that, I had my green card back in 2010, and I knew that I'll have to transition and move to uh, U.S. by the end of my my bachelor's, so I already started prepping and giving the GRE and all those other entrance examinations, which are needed for master's over here. I started doing that since end of third year and the beginning of fourth year of my bachelor's over there. So I started prepping for my masters. I got admission into, again, I did a master's in machine learning, signal processing and image processing because in my bachelor's in my last year, I did a project in signal processing. So that's mm-hmm. what piqued my interest. At that time, I was so shy because you know, in your twenties, it's your twenties is for career changes. So yeah. uh, I kept on thinking, okay, I definitely don't want to go in IT. I see all these people; they are constantly on your on their basically laptop. They are just coding. It's totally blacked out, and they are not yeah. looking anywhere else. Their entire day, they are stuffed in their room. I don't want to do that. And even though, so same thing. I got admission in my bachelor's. In I had an option to select computer science as well. But I decided to go for electrical, even though science was at the peak at the time, because I was very sure at the end of my 12th grade that, no, whatever happens, I don't want to go into IT field. I'll I'll pick anything (laughs) else, but not IT. So I picked electrical engineering. Then at the end, I did a project in signal processing, which was related to some biomedical signal processing. I really liked that project. So I said, why not do my master's? Anyway, I have to do my master's to come to the U.S. Why not do my master's in signal processing? At that time, I learned a little bit of machine learning as well. So I said, okay, this field looks interesting. It doesn't involve heavily computer science oriented. I don't have to do much software engineering, but this is something of my interest and it relates to electrical engineering as well. So that's how I jumped into master's at University of Michigan and I did my master's in machine learning and signal processing. But what happened was at the end of my master's, All the signal processing jobs, I'll I'll talk of both signal processing and machine learning separately. So of the signal processing jobs, only jobs available are still, still they are in defense. If you're not doing defense, then no other proper uh, public sector companies are going to offer you job in signal processing. There are none. There are only few minor jobs available at hardware side. Uh, I would say signal processing like Apple, and that's very difficult to get in the first place. So I said, okay, signal processing is out of the way because I I remember applying to applying for an internship in signal processing my entire first year of my masters and just Oof. without any luck. On first yeah. day of career, it was like I almost applied to ninety or hundred companies, but all of them said no, no signal processing jobs. You have to go for defense. And the problem with defense companies is they require citizenship clearance. So lots of. Sure new oncoming graduates who are doing machine or who are doing signal processing in the U S when they first come, they don't realize this that they think, Oh, it's just defense. I'll get in. Even though I have just have a normal Indian uh, visa, but that's not the case because just the U S government, they don't sponsor. They require U S citizenship for a clear security clearance to get a job in defense. I didn't know about at that time. So I said, okay, now that door is permanently closed. or at least it's temporarily closed until I get my citizenship. Yep. So I said, okay, let me try to think about, I already have a machine learning degree as well. So let me try to attempt that. And there I was there where I got a weird response. All of the big companies, they're willing to basically at least talk to me. But their problem was they're saying, oh, you're not doing a PhD, huh? You're just exactly, doing a right? you're yeah. ending your career at that. Uh, we are only looking for PhD candidates because we need a very, we need a candidate who has very deep knowledge of machine learning, not just a master's knowledge is not enough. We need someone who actually is doing research in machine learning. I said, oh my goodness. Uh, like the, I was, I was in a total panic attack at that time that, oh my God, what did I do my master's for? Like no machine learning jobs, no signal processing jobs. What should I do? And at that time, all of us, like all of us were doing masters with me who came from India, right? All of those 20 or 30 group of people, all of us Indians, like we were worried that what? what is the next logical step? What can we do? And then only logical step that came to our mind was moving to software. Field. That was our only savior because that was the only one, only job, or only sector that will give us a job and give us an opportunity to actually pay True. our student loans because all of us came up either they took a loan in the US or they took a loan back in India, which is very high interest rate and it's you have to pay it up as quickly <laughs> as possible. I'm sure you know about it. So the only possible logical solution was to actually move to software. So at that time, at my second year of my masters, I started learning more about software engineering. And plus, obviously, I didn't have as good of an experience as the people who did the bachelors in computer science. So for us, it's very tough to start at a late stage of a master's game to get familiarized with all computer science concepts and apply to thousands of places. Your resume is not in a proper shape because it's more focused towards electrical engineering rather than the computer science. You have to do lots of things to actually get your foot in the door for computer science. So I that was my entire struggle. Exactly. Well, I think oh. it would be similar stuff, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, mine is something similar. But one thing that I want to emphasize is the our our hesitance, our hesitant hesitance that we had when we were, I know, in twelfth grade, right? You know, we somehow, you know, we we were told, or you know, we were like, there was so much content, I guess, saying that hey, IT is boring. You'll be doing the robotic stuff. You know, you won't have the fun. You will always be at the computer. You, you know, maybe doing a lot more intense, I guess, exactly. work. So somehow, you know, somehow I, the, this thought was ingrained, right? That, hey, there is no innovation. You can't do much in IT and things like that. Yep. So which is another reason, even though I had the opportunity to get into computer science, at least relatively to a good school, <laughs> than getting into electronics and communication. Like, right. okay, nope, I'm not doing electronics and communication. Yep. And for my master's, I was like, okay. <laughs> I realized okay, I wasted four years. But at the same time, my goal is super clear that I don't want to get into IT. <laughs> so somehow some random who who takes industrial engineering after electronics and communication, right? I was like, Okay, <laughs> let me do it. So nice. then I did that somehow. Um then I did so after it's the same struggle, right? You know, uh, how, for was
1: how did you fit in? Because I want to talk more about this uh, this transition. Because this is a very different transition than my My transition was still like batches. I did signal processing at the end of the project. So it, it was more smoother. Whereas you totally did completely separate something in batches. Whereas the field end of my master's industry is way too different. So how did you cope up with that? And what were your struggles in the first year of master's? Dude, so
0: you had to... You no, know, So I came with an intention that... I'll be doing manufacturing and supply chain management because supply chain is something that, that drives my attention because of the opportunities and things like that, Uh or because of my assumption of the opportunities that existed, (laughs) I I guess. So, but once I came here, right. So something interesting happened in in the first week of my school. So I somehow started going to the, every person say that, Hey, I need scholarship because I, you know, I need some financial assistance to survive in, in a peaceful way. So mm-hmm. somehow I got this, uh, you know, assistantship nice. so in, the, in the in the human factors and uh, ergonomics field, right? So it's okay. something that I never heard. That's something I don't know that the field existed for sure. But all I need is the money and the opportunity, right?
1: For the so, viewers, you can explore more on what the TA ship and what the TAR yeah, yeah. so,
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the internship is something that, you know, I get to, you know, where my whole tuition piece is paid off and mm-hmm. on the top of it, I get, you know, monthly stipend just so that I do the research work
1: right.
0: uh, with the, with the professor on, on a certain project. So that was a really life-changing opportunity in, in a way, because. Until then, I never thought of the research. You know, I Mm -hmm. I don't know what the research is about. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the field. So, there are, like, so many things that I had to figure out. Gotcha. But somehow, you know, maybe the nature of engineering, right, where you had to figure out on your own. I think that really, you know, came into play here. So, in the the first semester, I struggled. Oh, my God. Because doing master's without the background in, you know, the proper... huh. Yeah, the shipment. same field. Yeah, exactly. The right. same okay. field, right? So it, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. a lot more. Uh, it was challenging, but somehow I got the right support. I okay. Guess, and uh, and eventually. So
1: what was that right support? Was it the people around you or was? Yeah, it the... the people
0: around me, like who are doing the masters. You know, they're able to you know guide me in certain ways. And the mm-hmm. professor that I was working with has a really high bar. For okay. for example, you know, if I when you know I used to I saw I had to publish a research paper. Mm-hmm. And I I just took the printout and and handed it over for the for the verification. Let's say I type <laughs> yeah. like thousand words, and the feedback is about like two to three thousand words. <laughs> like, yep. Okay. Have, uh, yep. Exactly right. because uh, the writing particularly sucks more than our speaking skills. You know, when you True. when you just when you got. No, no, career, makes right? sense. So, yeah, yeah. And the writing for uh, the academic research is the whole skill skillset, yeah, you know, so yeah, exactly right.
1: Really even about, most yeah. of the
0: native speakers may not be good at that. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that was a really peak, uh, you know, like intense moment in, in my career. Right. And then, uh, so what so, it was, you know, just stepping in the library for longer hours and somehow, you know, going to professors, you know, just being open. Hey, I suck at this. I need more help. Somehow figured a way to get good grades. You know, I wasn't the best right. student out there, but I also, Somehow find a, found a way to navigate, you know, get these. Ex- this is not, not like the Indian system, right? Where you get get take one exam and right, right. you either hit it or miss it. But here, right. you know, it's constant projects and things like that, which really helped yep. me because I used yep, to yep. show the intent which mm-hmm. uh, professors are expecting, and I used to deliver certain to a certain level. So right. somehow those help me navigate navigate there. Um,
1: I I feel like that's a really good takeaway that you one point which I'll hold on to is that if when you're coming here for the first time and you're doing masters in your first year right don't hesitate to ask for help and reach out to the professors because when we come from the indian background we don't necessarily do that we are more a problem solvers by ourselves so we like to ask in our own Indian group, but we won't actually ask the professor or ask the other groups for help. So that's one thing I would emphasize again, which you brought up very nicely that, yeah, don't hesitate to go to the professor and ask for help. Go hit the library, ask any other person for help as well. Don't uh, be more extrovert, I would say in that matter. Sure, exactly
0: right. So I think once we are in US, I think our perspective had to really change, mm-hmm. get all the help you need. People are really willing to help, right? Right. So if you if you you know even I used to be a soul, you know a lot more you know confined to my own circle, mm-hmm. um, but apparently the university that I went to, me and my uh, friend are only the Indians who are doing the masters. So I okay. went to this uh, university uh, called historically no the university name is North Carolina Agricultural and Technical University, uh-huh. and it's a it's a HBCU which means that historically black you know colleges College HBC, and universities. Yeah. So which means that, you know, at least 95 plus, you know, um, people are in African American, you know, whom we call as Correct. black. Um, and so the vibe and environment is a lot different. You know, I wanted to entire episode on itself, uh, but oh, that, that, okay. was uh, that was an interesting, that was an interesting phase for me. Um, but that also really helped me, you know, it just made me so feel so much comfortable reaching out to people. And I felt so- actually as a home. Uh-huh. So when Hmm.
1: did you, when do you think you started uh, interacting socially with other students over there? Because I remember that in my first semester, at least in my masters, I hardly talked, I mean, I tried to talk to uh, as many people as possible, but in my uh, friend group, there was no other person there, which was, who was not Indian. All in the first semester was only Indian group. And obviously all, I would say that's a problem with all immigrants or all Asian immigrants specifically in the U.S. when they come from masters, they specifically stick to their own clique and they don't actually come out of that. It's always that case. So when, because you, as you mentioned that there are only two Indian students, right? So it's difficult to just stay with them all all throughout the masses. So obviously you have to, need to have more social interaction. So we'll need to interact more, more with other students. So when did you start developing that? Were you started so, right away or, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, so that, that's a, that's a good point, right? In the sense, I think for me, looking back at it, right? Um I think I, I've always been little more of, uh, you know, extrovert in the sense that go and talk to people, you, mm-hmm. you know, to figure out mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was never hesitant. But it's it's a whole different experience when you come to US, right? Because you don't know, and the English and the accent is not too Indian, sure. you know. Even yeah. now it's too Indian, but whenever you know, um, after yeah, there's always college, a communication gap. Yeah, there's always know. a communication yeah. gap, particularly with African American, you know. I still mm-hmm. have so much struggle understanding mm-hmm. some of the accents because they are. Right. I mean, the accent is too high, uh, For me to you know. Yeah, it makes up sense. And they talk super fast. So it, there was uh, this communication barrier. Mm-hmm. But for me, one thing that helped is, you know, I had no other option, right? And right. Except, you know, if, if there is any option for me to ta- tap onto some, you know, immigrant circle, I would happily go on and do it. But for the fact that, you know, I never had to, you know, that, that option. And mm-hmm. also the other fact that, you know, these uh, African-American universities and the people there are so chilling and so welcoming. You know, I, I, I'm sure it would, for me, it would have been a whole different experience if I went to other school. Um, really? But here, the fact that they are so welcoming, and even the professors are, like, so welcoming for, for uh, me, I, I really feel like home um, at, the, at the university. So after a month or two, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just there. You know, I started participating in some events, you know, uh, like going nice. to some, you know, hanging out with people more. Um, I still hung out more with, you know, the immigrants or the, based, like, the like Indians uh, around. Always you know, it's always difficult. Yeah, uh-huh. But still, I think uh, I had a fair share of uh, experience, uh, you know, interacting with African-American, which eventually helped me uh, in, in many ways. Even at work, you know, I still interact right. a lot with more with them. I connect more with them. And, and I do a lot more activities uh, at work, too, uh, which for, helps African-American sure. and, and make, yep. create that impact.
1: I, I totally yeah. agree. Again, I would reiterate on that uh, one point, which you again said that, That getting basically what I'm paraphrasing here, but more it's getting out of your comfort zone and reaching out to people. So I, I I read that one line by some author ago that he said that your comfort zone, it definitely puts a floor for you to stand on, but it also puts a ceiling over your head. So (laughs) yeah, that's a really nice way to say it. Yep. If you, if you cannot break out of your comfort zone. Then you will never know what, how high you can go or what are the achievements or what are the experiences you can achieve, right? Exactly.
0: So. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really nice way to put it. You know, you are just putting the barrier yourself, you know, it's not someone right. else doing that, Correct. you know, it's so, so happy just to look at it and say that, Hey, I'm super happy, but your potential is also really locked mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we won't experience our potential, you know, unless we really go into wild and, you know, figure out what are the skill sets oh, right sense. yeah for so, sure it yeah, makes sense. That, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a really really good uh good point to add cool so another you know topic you know i know we can talk in you know, all of these into too deep take it too right. deep and, and uh you know talk for us but one thing that i want to emphasize in this episode is you know are the career transition right uh, mm-hmm. and and how you you know, we we both you know worked at you know FANG or the top tech companies, yeah. mm-hmm. but we, we didn't start there. And considering with our non you know computer science background, we had to hustle a bit more than mm-hmm. you know how it how it is for the regular you know techies or with, mm-hmm. with the proper background. So one thing you know, right? If without you, you know, my job would have been so difficult to get it. I I I'm not even sure whether I would have made it to FANG or not because. We were, you know, having yeah, so chill time at Capital One and and somehow you started preparing out of the box and then I was like, okay, I think that is something that I want to do as like, you know, I just started and you pushed me, you know, we had this conversation that, dude, right. why are you not, you know, coding or why are you not, you know, uh, working on interviews, things like that. Right. So, yeah, so you took the step and you helped me, you know, you pulled me up to your bar. Uh, right. So... Do you, can you share, you know, some of your experience in terms of, you know, firstly, why do you want to, what made you, uh, you know, to think that, hey, you want to get into this top tech companies? And secondly, you know, what is the process? Like, how did you start?
1: All right. Uh, uh, Yeah. Let's answer the first question for now, because that's, uh, that's, I have a clear idea of, so, when you first join uh, any, any kind of tech company, not, not like a top tier tech company, but any tech company at that time, and especially coming from a different background, like how we did at that time, all your thought is okay, I'll basically try to do at good at my job and I'll, I'll, and you have an imposter syndrome in your mind. That's sure. always there. It's. For the first, I would say few months and sometimes it even lasts for a year. It's very difficult to get rid of that. Oh, you are not good enough because you came from a different background. They might find out that you are actually not capable of actually doing this work. They might kick you out at that time. So you are just grateful for the position given to you. You are just grateful for the pay given to you and you are more comfortable. Why do I, why should I even try and achieve or aim for a higher thing? When they have already given me so much, this company has given me so much, and see how they, even though I came from different background, they are treating treating me so nicely. Why why should I even go for a hair thing? The life is so good right now. I have to work only this many hours. Everyone knows me. Why should I even go for the other thing? But after after you do that for a year, two years, three years. When you start thinking about or start talking to more and more people in your field, you'll come to notice that, okay, you are, and anyway, obviously the imposter syndrome actually goes away. At that time, you notice, no, you are here because you are capable enough, because you're good at what you do. So if you're good at what you do, why can't you go and achieve something higher as well? You're perfectly capable of doing that you should go and achieve higher. And yeah, obviously it all depends on your situation, right? Means if you are, let's say late in your career, like let's say you're in your late thirties or even in your forties and you're deciding to retire after five years, obviously that's not a point to make a transition. Then you have kids and you have to take care of them. So that's a whole different story. But early when you're starting your career in this particular field, at that time, once obviously your imposter syndrome goes away, at that time, you should think about that. Yes, you are capable enough. And yes, you should try to achieve higher, at the highest level possible. Don't, don't sure. again, don't put a ceiling over your head. Try, yeah. try to break through it. Try to achieve as much as you can. Because this is the time to take all the risk in the world. You have time. You have the capability. You yeah. should do it. So that's what I noticed that all the other people around me, they are trying and striving for doing something good or great with their life. You should, you're in the, you're capable enough. You should do the same thing. So why not achieve for what is a, and what is the best thing or what is the greatest thing you can achieve in our software engineering field per se. So one thing There are two or three things I would say, one thing is obviously forming your own startup and becoming a CEO of the startup and making sure that you're making a difference in the lives of other people via that particular company, which you're forming. The other thing is going for a company which has the highest tech standards and working for them and pushing the products and uh, developing features for that particular product and getting the highest status possible over there. So I would say those are two different paths I saw at that time. And obviously, I didn't have an entrepreneurship mind or I, I, I have a little bit now. But that time I was more looking forward to just doing what other people have already done and trying to more push the boundary of that field rather than developing something of my own. So sure. that's when I switched from my mind that, okay, now it's time to actually move and try to aim for higher stuff.
0: Sure, so. Yeah. Now that, that's, 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 really good points. And uh, you know a good insight that you brought there. I'll, I'll pause you there for a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, the point that you mentioned about the imposter syndrome, that is so mm-hmm. true, particularly, I think, you know, when you're out of school and if you're getting a job with a higher salary, right you are you know you are like okay hey and then if you have a good team and if your life is so comfy so you will get into a point that hey this company has done so much for me so i would just right. stay here forever you know right. I, sp- I speak to you know uh, and the and the imposter syndrome right because when you work in, in a good company obviously you will always find you know uh, more talented people around you right so which means that you always feel that hey i still have a lot more to learn can i even go to some other good company right i don't know right. So it takes a while, really a while to get out of the box that, hey, right. okay, at least I'm part to them. So it's okay. time for me to get there. And even mm. in you know, Amazon, right? For me, I still have that, you know, after years, been two years. Oh, well, I and, totally and, agree.
1: Yeah, so, it's, so it's, it's never... that doesn't it, it, it. I feel like uh, because we both have transitioned to other, other different, different companies, yep. we both can attach to that, that whenever you join a new company, even if you're joining as a junior engineer, you're joining as a mid engineer, you're joining as a senior engineer, even you're joining as an architect, the yep. first few months you'll always feel imposter syndrome. It's just yep. like the norm. You have to get used to it. You have to work through that emotions. Exactly. And, and, and yeah, just, constantly remind that's okay you
0: don't have to be the smartest person in the room right which is good because you're learning from others but you also don't you know shield yourself that hey mm-hmm. you know you don't have to feel bad saying that hey you know i'm not the best person here you know i, I suck right. it i don't want to go to other companies and, I, true and true. things like that so those shouldn't come into the uh play whenever you want to Correct. you know make the yep. career transition even in the day-to-day work the imposter syndrome really has as some sort of side effect on the work right because oh, sure. you yeah. constantly find a way to you know feel bad, which obviously affects, you know, the work uh, and the yep. personal life in many ways, even though if you don't realize. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and and the other part that I observed in many people that, you mm-hmm. know, once they get comfortable, you know, the, because getting into other tech company is motivating for two reasons, you know, for for one, what you said, right? Hey, uh, you know, I want to build something cool, want to be part of some bigger system that yeah. can make the impact and obviously get the brand out of it, right? So, and the second one is the money because you know, I don't, you know, this a lot better. If you switch companies, you kind of double the pay, you know, not literally double the pay, at least, but you make a significant increase in the pay. Yep. But the people that I've spoken to, you know, are so into the shell that, hey, you know, I think the life is so good here, even if I'm making Mm -hmm. all the money, I -hmm. don't want to take the stress that most of the people in the tech space. I think that's one way to get them comfortable and say that, hey, you know, make a little lazy, in my opinion. But they also have a different perspective that, hey, I just want to enjoy, you know, and relax, the, you know, enjoy the life and, you know, relax a bit. So, what what, what do you say for them? Um, oh, yes. So I
1: have a really good example that comes to my mind. So, or even it's going on right now as well. So those people who actually feel that, oh, they are very comfortable right now, it's life is good, don't want to achieve. But even then, whether you want to switch or not, whether you're going to switch or not. It's a whole different point Uh, than you're always ready to switch or not. I would say always be in the lookout to be ready to switch. Don't have to switch. You have to be ready. And why? Because we have seen the recent, just past six months, there have been several layoffs, right? In the tech sector as well, there were several layoffs. So you never know when your job is in jeopardy. I had a friend that who was working at a really good reputed company and then he was very comfortable. He was working there for six or seven years. So he was very well satisfied with his job and he was at a higher up level as well, that he was well-respected and everything. But just because of the org change and just because of the general market turn, his entire department was laid off. So at that time, what, what can you do? Because see, the thing is, you're not in the same mindset of a person who is ready to switch so at that sure. time you have to do the learnings right from a point zero instead of point one and there's a big difference between as you can today know that there's a big difference from going from zero to one and compared from going from one to n one to n is very easy but zero yeah. to one is a lot difficult to go to i totally so, agree right um i would say for the, yeah yeah sorry go ahead no oh, go ahead so i was just saying that yeah so for those people even though. I'm it's totally fine to be comfortable with where you are at, but just keep on interviewing every year or so, so that you are you know what the current market condition is. First of all, you'll also know what your pay grade is. You'll know that are you getting paid with the market rate or not? If so, should you be satisfied? Yeah, if you are satisfied with underpaid because of a good work-life balance, that's a different story. But if you are not, if you want to get, and obviously everyone wants to get paid competitively with the market, then you should interview every yearly. That will give you the period, and also that will keep make keep you or make you ready if certain bad situation do arise. At that time, you know what to do to jump. That so means. those are two and because, and it is
0: it is um, super important for the immigrants, right? Because our, our career is at stake. Because if you don't get a job in sixty days, you have right. to leave US. Right. So and and uh, I I wouldn't have thought this way uh, because it is absolutely true. And uh, makes sense that you have to be interview ready, no matter where you are at. Because mm-hmm. you can think that nobody can fire me because there are so many other people. But what if the org is gone? You know, That's your right. VP is gone too. You know, like right. You know, it's, you know, we cannot just you know um, we have this is not a family, right? You know, it's 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 a company, right. and company is always bigger than you. So right. because it has users, it's a, it's it has its own justification to fire you
1: for so sure.
0: for, for all the right reasons. You cannot go right cry people. about it. Even if you go yeah, cry, nobody cares because your family yeah. is impacted. You are impacted, yeah. and and I think the most important takeaway here is being interview ready every yeah, year. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think that's that's one thing that I'll take away with me because I, I got a little lazy in the past two years, or or I was you know always convincing myself that I have something. You know, my plan is entirely different. But even though that is the case, I want to be. I want to make sure that I'm interview ready uh, mm-hmm. with the current market situations and just so many things. You know, things can change tomorrow. Who knows? For sure. Right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that that's a very good point that you brought up there. Um, thanks for that. Um, no and this is this is the reason that I want to have open conversation right? because when we talk yeah. regularly, you know, we don't always discuss all this stuff. And for I sure, not yeah. the normal advice or the perspective that everyone gets. True. So, true. I agree. That that's great. So since since we are talking about you know being interview ready, right? Mm-hmm. So it that is the most tricky part. Um, and particularly, for example, you know when you want to getting the first job is okay, but when you are aiming for something like a Fang or the big top tech, tech companies, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. first whole different. I didn't realize that you know how to work you know, so hard, I, you know, I had to learn so many things, had to relearn, you know, my thought process, you know, they just, it's, 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 uh, it's an effort by itself, right? It's, it's a whole project or, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it, it's a long, you know, you need a lot more yep. commitment and, and uh, you need a lot more planning, uh, more right. than anything else. So, so what, yeah. so can so, you give me a, like, your tips mm-hmm. so that, you know, uh, I can just where I can just uh, let's assume, you know, I'm a new college grad or, you know, I'm, I'm a newbie into the tech field right. and I want to get into FANG. So gotcha. what are the, you know, what is the guidance that you will give me? Gotcha.
1: So uh, let me take one step back and sure. uh, talk about how getting a job in tech is easy. Getting a good job in tech is very difficult two whole different things, which you brought up. So I want to just read it on that thing as well. That yeah, if you want to get a job in tech, yes, you will get a job in tech. Getting a job in tech is not difficult. You'll get a job for 60K or 80K or something around that money anywhere in the US. If you are just sure. even a little bit good in computer science, but yep. getting a good job in tech or getting into the FANG or FANG MG or whatever they call it nowadays, all the acronyms. If you want to get a good tech job, then it is extremely difficult because you have to always be interview ready as we said earlier you have to always be interview ready you have to always keep pushing the boundary you always have to be prepared you always have to learn about new code and stuff like that so there is two different aspects so for new graduates don't get into a habit one thing don't get into a habit of just getting a job yes getting a job you will get if you are getting doing a computer science background then for those students it will be easier to get a just a job yes for obviously electric engine who are switching the uh, entire their background and then coming here, that will be difficult. But once they clear all the basics of computer it will be easier to get a job. But now the uh, the big question is now to your main question that how do you, what steps of what should you do to get a job in FANG? Then for that, there are several resources online. I can read them. One of them is Lead code which you mentioned earlier. Then there is Code Forces and Code Wars and There's so many all this, uh, uh, I would say coding competitions and coding websites where you should definitely regularly almost, I would say every day, at least practice one or two problems. So do that. The other thing is what many junior engineers don't realize that and what they focus is just uh, data, uh, structures and algorithms. Whereas in all the big tech companies, system design is very important and not many people realize that they always just follow, Oh, just, 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 just run all the algorithms and data, just basically keep it in your mind, uh, mug it by heart. And I think you are good to go, but that's not the case. If you want to crack into a higher level, right? Even at the F- FANG companies, uh, you might get a lower level if you are not good at system design. But if you can crack a really good system design interview, then you might get a really good level. So system design is where it separates from getting a normal level at good tech versus a higher level at good tech. And for system design, what you can do is there are several, again, books listed online as well. One is called... Uh, distributed data intensive algorithms or applications and so designing data intensive applications then there is another called database internals and there are several books and resources where you should learn about distributed systems online so definitely learn that definitely keep your keep practicing all these coding problems and another thing is how to answer a question which many people don't realize, but that's also a make or break in interviews when they want to see that, whether you can communicate well with the interviewer or not. Like if you're going to be hired, then you obviously are going to work in a team setting. And when a problem is given to you, how do you approach the problem? Are you answering the problem? Are you answering the part of the problem? What was asked, right? Yeah, And knowing that also makes a big impact on the interviewer and uh, that will leave them in a happy place. Like if you follow the star approach, which nowadays every company is following, you should have a little bit of understanding of that. How do you frame your question? How do you frame your solution? All those things you should keep in mind. So I would say these three things you should keep in mind.
0: Yeah, that's right. Right. So, you know, preparing for, you know, learning all the knowledge is one thing. And mm-hmm. how do you demonstrate the knowledge during the interviews is right. a whole different thing. If you remember, you know, while we were, you know, practicing for my on-site interview.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So whenever I, you know, I went on to a whiteboard or, you know, whenever I want to talk out loud, I just right. blank out, right? So, right. I, you know, I barely can talk or, you know, I still remember those, uh, you know, um, weird, <laughs> awkward moments where I just like, Okay, do I even know this, or do I even know how to approach this? But I think the preparation, you know, one-on-one preparation, or where you were doing the mock interviews for me, really helped me, you know, to you know to get used to that. So I think that is one takeaway. Like you know, just have to practice the interviews. You know, practice in for the sure. real world setting. It's not that hey, yeah. I can just do it on in you know my own IDE. That's not going to work. Right. And mm-hmm. you have to talk out loud. And even for the lead yeah. coding, you that that gets a little tricky, right? Because at some point, I always, even the <laughs> imposter syndrome, I guess, that, that, that gets me in lead code because, you know, uh, firstly, it's, there are all sorts of problems and all sorts right. of data structures and algorithms, which are, right. like, if I'm a newbie and if I don't have a techie, like computer science background, I just get lost because there is so much, so many concepts to, you know, learn. And once mm-hmm. I write, once I, if I learn somehow and, you know, write the solution, whenever I see the most optimal solution, I was like, okay, dude, uh, Delta evil, you know, uh, how can, how can I think of it? You know, is it, is it the same mm-hmm. for everyone or is it just my thinking mm-hmm. is about no. no do, do you I, still feel it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly same for me as well. I, I feel like it should, it would be same for almost everyone as uh, sure. as well. But the point here, the main thing is you have to keep practicing. Yeah. Obviously True. when you try a problem, you'll see, okay, you're not able to solve, or you're able to solve with the brute force way. And then you're giving the solution it is approved and everything. And then you check out the solutions listed. And then you see, Oh, the optimal solution. It's like a whole different beast altogether <laughs> than what you implemented. Right? So at that time, you might also think that you're right, that you'll get an imposter syndrome in mind. Oh, am I not good enough? I'm actually a software engine for such a long time. And I'm still not no. able to solve this lead code problem optimally. What is wrong with me? something where don't 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 think about that because all of us yeah it it will try to hit you the imposter will try to kick your butt don't think about that try to just keep on practicing yeah think about what i do what it it might help it might not help what i do is yeah solve with whatever way you can and after that once you have solved the problem look at the optimal solution and then just try to implement after without looking the next day don't solve the problem again, same day, but next day, try to just re-implement that same optimal solution of the same problem that will actually yeah. keep a uh, form. I would say neural connections in your brain to remember that solution. So and that remember, you and understand the,
0: the pattern and then, you know, learn right. from them, right. Which means that you right. are actually becoming a, you know, a good engineer sure. by doing a lot more optimally. And,
1: and, and uh, one point I wanted to bring up is practicing this lead code, because when you said lead code, Never, ever stop practicing lead code because what I have seen in the past and it is still happening. Like, remember when we started lead coding, I think I would say two years something ago. At that time, whatever problems were given to us in a medium or hard, now the same problems are started uh, are given to newbies or the person who is just started lead coding as easy problem. So wow. the level is getting higher and higher. So if you're not in touch with it, so again it comes to the same point if you're not interview ready every time it will the gap is increasing the True. knowledge which was required it's and it's the same with our like when the time when our parents studied something currently one where sure. awesome. the knowledge gap is increasing drastically so you mm. have to be on the know-how and you have to keep practicing the stuff
0: no that 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 makes a lot of sense actually uh because even when i do you know interviews at amazon or when i shadow mm-hmm. the interviews right yeah. i can see the bar went a little higher but at the same time, I didn't realize that that's common across, you know, other companies as well. Every which company, means that yeah. I have to double down my efforts on being interviewed right yep. if I'm not switching. Cool. For sure. Cool. Th- thanks for sharing that. I think I think we, this is such a long topic. I think we should do an interview on its own for, you know, how to get into a top mm-hmm. tech company and for all the reasons uh, that that we should do. Um, but yeah, we can, we can plan it some other time. But you mm-hmm. know, I just want to, you know you know, we spoke a lot about, you know, all these things but you know just want to take a step back and see how you know what what are the other things that you do um you know other than the work in the sense that um we spend a lot of lot of time at work you know dealing with all these and you know, thinking about all these loans finances things like that but just just taking all that away let's let's take you know let's forget okay. all the pressure for a bit like what else do you okay. do just to you know
1: keep yourself happy and oh. so i that Definitely falls into what each person's liking is, or whether the person is an introvert extrovert. I fall definitely in the category more of an introvert. What mm. I like to do in my peace and quiet time is not actually go out. Obviously, my fiance is not, is exactly opposite <laughs> of me. She wants to go out on the moment or opportunity she gets. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I just want to lie down. I want to watch a, a movie. I want to watch a show or something. I just want to rest. I just want to chill. I don't like to, if whenever whenever I'm given an opportunity of not or being outside of work, you would just find me lying on the couch or on the bed and just watching movies and TVs or something like that. Nothing specific. So I would say it definitely depends from person to person, but whatever makes you happy and takes your, actually your eyes away from work is all good time.
0: True. I I totally agree because, you know, when uh most often I realized, particularly after getting married that you know work mm-hmm. has got so much into me whenever even I'm not working or I'm doing something mm-hmm. else, I constantly mm-hmm. think about one problem that I is solving or one problem that I had to solve, what's next and things like that. So which means that I'm keeping busy myself with the work right. even if I'm not you know working. so right. which is which is not great because it obviously you know makes you not being present. It, mm-hmm. you know it, it builds pleasure more. And particularly when you are married, you know you cannot afford that. I can, I can say that, right? You cannot afford that. True. So True. yeah, so we have to really find a way to you know dis you know distract away for a bit for for all good reasons. Even that helps right. the work, that helps us to be more efficient at work. For sure, yeah. So, yeah, since since I know you know your fiance and I also I, I always want to ask this question, right? Because uh, I know she is not she is not Indian and you are from you know Gujarat, right? Uh, and, and I'm sure your, your parents are, you know, proper, they see like all of our uh, parents are right. Right. in the sense that they won't approve, you know, the whole different religion or the caste mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and other stuff, but you, you're just switching the nation. Forget about caste and religion. You know, uh, if I go to my parents and say that, Hey, I'm going to marry different caste people. They're like, you know, <laughs> they'll be super <laughs> mad at me. So right. but How did you navigate this phase? Uh,
1: so that's a very long, yeah, it's, it's always a change. Like obviously it's still, it's, it's always a work in progress. Obviously yeah, the first time I told them, they already know that when I was even dating, not just my fiance, but before I uh, was dating other, other people mm. at that time as well, uh, they knew and they were not happy about it. But I said that I'm not going to discriminate. Or I'm not going. I'm not looking for a specific only Indian. I'm not going. I'm just looking for open-minded people whose nice. thinking and thought process actually matches mine. Nice. I'm looking for that kind of like-minded person. So I'm not going to look at the skin of the color or anything like that. Nice. No, sorry, my bad, Color of the skin. But yeah, I'm. Not, I'm not going to stick with a particular thing. I'm going to be more open-minded. Obviously, they are not looking in the same way they have their own own thought process of what goes into that they know that oh no because there's a different culture and different nationality all all the way involved so it will be very challenging obviously at parents they always think about your basically the kids happiness right so they are just thinking from that perspective that you know because it's different uh, culture and plus your mother tongues are also different you will always have challenges and eventually you won't be happy that's what their thought process lead to that you won't be happy. Whereas the same place, if that equation is changed, and if you're marrying an Indian person, then at least you won't face those challenges. Hmm. So that thought process is that way, but sure. then I have to explain them. It's again a work in progress and I have to explain them. But you do realize that just by solving solving one problem, there's still n number of problems still to solve in a marriage. As you're yeah. a married person, you know that marriage is also yeah. always a work in progress thing as well. Exactly. So it's not like just by solving, okay, now it's the uh, same caste or same religion and everything. All the problems are gone. Just um, just like that. Exactly. It's not like that. You have to still work through it. So, yeah. I, I, we have talked about that. Now, they have, earlier they were in... Basically, strong disagreement and strong disapproval, but slowly that has changed, and now slowly nice. they have started accepting. And over time, you know, once we get married and everything, it will change. So, yeah, they yeah. are now slowly started to change their perspective as well. Nice, but I would say it's for people who are of our parents' generation. They have different thought process, so sure. it takes time for them to adjust. And I would, exactly. I, I'm saying it, it, it might be the same thing for me as well. When I grow up and when I have kids, it I would I would have something else which I am holding near and dear to, right? True. And I won't allow my kid. Or I I would have my kid only having some specific requirements. But obviously, even I will I will also have I will also take time to get adjusted. So I would say for it's sure. just it's it's constant adjustment.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. So it's it's always a work in progress, but I want to, you know, iterate a couple of points here, right? So one is, you know, parents' perspective is changing over the time. It's mm-hmm. because they are getting to know the person better. Mm-hmm. So which is the first point that we talked about, right? When you are when you come to US, you know, find a way to meet more and more people so that your perspective actually changes, right? Right. So once right. your perspective changes, that's a that's a whole different ballgame. Right. So Glad that you know your parents are you know still okay with it and you know trying mm-hmm. to you know uh, learn more and be right. be okay. That's that's right. that's a really good sign. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also a work in progress. At some point, you know, you will feel exhausted. I guess I, I you know to be honest, I didn't realize that you will come this far. Um, no offense,
1: <laughs> just right? because no,
0: no. of the pure you know parents pressure. Because I true for me, true. I always exactly. had that in back of my mind. You know, if I want to date or if I want to you know try mm-hmm. for someone, you know, approach them. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, this is not going to go well with my parents. I also don't right. want to hurt them. I was like, okay. but, but, but the one takeaway here is, you know, it can be persistence. You know, if you know yeah. for the fact that you can convince them to, you know, make them be happy over, over the, you know, in the long run, right. I think then you have to be a lot more persistent, and you have to find a way to educate them better. Yeah, at, uh, at the
1: end is, I would say, it's your particular life. It's not your parents' life that you are hmm. leaving so you have to be happy after once they are once you're in your let's say you are in your late 70s or late 80s at that time you won't have your parents at that point so yeah. you have to be happy with yourself and content with your with the choices which you make not what your True. parents made for you yeah so i
0: agree you have so to be it's, it's so easy that. for example you know in an arrangement, it's so easy to go and blame parents that hey if, if not for you, I would have married a different person. You cannot just say that. Even if you yeah, say it, it's, you know, what's the it's point? It. Yeah, exactly. What's right. the point? You know, it's, all, right. it's already gone. So right. what are you going to about it now? So yeah, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It's your life and it's your choices that led you to this phase. So either it's whatever, what kind of marriage it is, you have to own the choices. And that applies to the large part of the career as well. Even, you know... Or changing masters, you know, changing the job families, like becoming software engineer, mm-hmm. they might have, you know, those might be <laughs> in the worst cases or worst cases right. that if, if things went the other way, mm-hmm. but we had to own, own them, you know, irrespective of what, you know, or how right. they are, uh, how they are treated. For us, sure. Right. So. Yep. Yep. Cool. Cool. I know and it's a, it's, a, it has been a long conversation, but you know, there are so many points that took, took I took away, you know, we, I nice. don't think we, we would have spoken these, you know, in, on the offline conversation. For sure. But I'm sure it has been, I'm sure it will be a great learning experience for many of the, uh, listeners, uh, if, if anyone tunes in, by the way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it, um, so yeah, th- thanks a lot for that. And thanks for your valuable time. I know, you know, it's not easy. having It was an sure, absolute uh, pleasure.
1: So yeah, thank nice. you for having me.
0: Yeah. I hope it, I hope it was fun. Um, uh, we can talk more and we can do a lot more BS about it offline, but yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> yep. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Thank you. Uh, See ya.